0: Owen Marbury was part owner of an IT service business. Now he's locking horns with his ex-partner, Devin, and fighting for his reputation and his freedom. But when Michaela Stanford, his former college bestie and crush, walks back into his life, he's reminded of the fire that still burns between them. As their 20-year college reunion approaches, they have a chance to rekindle their friendship and explore love once again. But Owen's battle with Devin is getting in the way of pursuing things with Michaela. With Devin breathing down their necks and threatening their lives, Owen must decide whether to give in or fight for his heart's desire. This is the premise of secret second chances, a friends to lovers second chance romance Available on Amazon on March 5th. Pick up your copy today. This is the Nerdy Romantics Podcast, and I'm your host, Y.M. Nelson. Today's episode is part two of our discussion about the Bridgerton series on Netflix. When I first wanted to talk about this, I was all about the 19th century remakes of songs and about the Gossip Girl-like mystery aura around Lady Whistledown. But as I saw what others were saying and I read others' posts as they binge watched, I realized that I needed to get my nerdy romantics into the discussion. Enter my friends Dana, Stacy, and Marcy. But as we got into the discussion, we realized it wasn't about the controversy, but it was about what we loved about the show and why we kept coming back for every other episode. So today we move away from the controversy and we talk about the characters that we loved, the fierce females, and the sort of timid guys. And the funniest people and funniest scenes that we found in Bridgerton. So take a few minutes and listen with us. Warning right now, this will contain spoilers of Bridgerton season one on Netflix. So if you have not watched, warning, this will contain spoilers. So... Go and watch Bridgerton. Come back and listen to us. Okay, everyone. We are in part two of our discussion on Bridgerton the TV series by Netflix. So Stacy, start us off. You were talking about the Featheringtons. Talk to us about the Featheringtons. What did you like about them that just grabbed
1: you? Well, the fact that they weren't like the, the perfect family, like the other family, like Daphne's family, was like, seemed to be perfect in a way. They had issues. They had issues with money, <laughs> with secrets, You know, they just had a lot of stuff going on in their household. One of the things, and someone, please, I don't remember the name of the girl who had to stay with them. What was her name?
0: Her name is Marina Thompson.
1: Okay, Marina. So Marina has to stay with them because for only one reason is because the father over that side, he owes someone money. And we see that he is heavily in debt from a woman's perspective, his wife's perspective. She doesn't know how far... In debt they are until this all comes to pass. The reason Marina has come and she's a beautiful woman, and she's come to stay with them to for the season. And we all know the season is supposed to get you a husband. Well, we find out or discover that Marina is pregnant. And during this time frame, we know that an unwed mother during that time in a in a that. Level of society is in a way a death sentence. It's not, I know it's not really a death sentence, but in a way it is. And the fact of how that family was trying to hide it and convince her to do these steps to get her to safety. And I really, well, I mean, but anyone has some specific questions or concerns or what they were seeing?
2: Well, I'll say this like, I felt like there were times I wasn't really sure about why she was even part of this. Like, I don't I wasn't sure of her storyline other than because I didn't feel like it was clear enough or meant enough to me to her. Okay, we have to keep her because he owes him money or whatever. I thought that was a little thin. But when I look back at it, I wonder if it was their way of showing what would happen to a woman who did go the route, get pregnant or do touch hands before she got married how bad it would be for her without doing it to any of the main sisters. Because like, Mm -hmm. once it happens, it seems like your life is over to your point, Stacey. So I thought, well, maybe this is a way for them to kind of show us what life would be like for one of them if they were to do this without it actually being one of the characters. At this point, she was one of the other than maybe Lady Danbury, I, I guess. I don't even know if we had met the queen. I don't remember. But she was one of the first Black characters I saw. And I was like, oh, she's somebody's baby mama. That's great, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, So at first, I I wasn't too sure about her. I feel like we saw her in her room about 85% of the show. So I I wasn't 100% on board with that character. And I I wonder if she's going to ever come back. Like, do you think we'll ever see her again or she was just like something just for this story and that's it?
0: I think that Shonda probably did that so we could possibly see her again. Because I think at the end, doesn't she get in the carriage with the brother of... The Doesn't she end up getting in the carriage yes. with the brother of her baby's father or whatever? Yes. Yes. yes,
3: yes, Okay. she does.
0: So I I think there is, I think Shonda did that so it could be a potential to, to actually have her on. I've seen, again, I haven't read this, so um, I've just seen some explanations that her actual character in the book does not even have that much a story but I think that I think they are doing that so she could kind of so we could potentially see her again her, I, I do want to kind of agree with the fact that I don't like the fact that she is she happens to be black <laughs> and uh or a character of color we'll say and mm-hmm. an unwed mother I I didn't like that and so yeah it kind of jarred me too
3: yeah, but um, I don't think her situation was handled differently because she was of color. And right. the one thing I did appreciate was that they pushed her out there into the market like they pushed all the other girls That's and they true. they worked that that mother worked to get her a match and worked yes, to so I do feel right. like although she happened to be of color, I don't think that that was the stigma and I don't think they And I think they handled her like any other girl of her time would have been handled in that situation. And so for that reason, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. I also think that it provided a vehicle to see more about who Penelope was, because I think that was important too, as, as some, as we find out later on. Um, I didn't like her
2: either. I didn't want to
3: put a big (laughs) spoiler out there, but, um, but, but I, I think also it helped us to give some, visibility into who she was and to drive her character arc as well so i think that was also why she was there and so i kind of understand how she got interjected uh and how maybe her story expanded a little bit but again i i felt like it was handled in a way that did not raise my spidey senses i felt like they right they did but i think that. it
2: goes back to kind of what we were saying earlier like the whole show mindset one scene we talked about treats everybody like it's a class issue that's it's not a right. race issue it's right? not a race thing so at
0: all yeah i was
2: totally fine with that i i think for me it was just the cat you know it's like okay i've already come in here with preconceived ideas right and <laughs> why'd I you cast this of, woman <laughs> right and i already feel some kind of way and the first time i see you know like i said i think maybe we saw Lady Danbury, representation. This is who she is. If we're going out on a limb and recasting any and everybody, and making them whatever, <laughs> you know, why couldn't she have been somebody else, or why couldn't another one of the main characters been somebody else, you
3: know? But if um, you think about it, the, the honest truth was she was because if she had been a woman of color on a farm who happened to be pregnant, she never would have got sent to the city to get a better match. She just would have been a baby mama on a farm.
2: Not
3: what I don't. I'm not following. If she had been a, a a woman of color on a farm who got pregnant, she would have been a woman on a farm who got pregnant. Right. I guess think she, she wouldn't have been sent to the yeah. season. She yeah. wouldn't have been put in the marriage mark. No, but... Uh, she would again, not have I'm been... So I think casting, even in that handling, I feel like
2: uh, he was with,
3: handled differently. I,
2: I, I still don't like the casting of it. It's because, you know, it's like having the the girl who's more plus size in love with a guy who doesn't pay, who just wants to be her friend is not paying her attention time of day. Or, you know, having a larger person who's the, the comedy of the thing. That's just kind of how it came off to me. I was like, Ugh, it could have been an Asian girl. I don't care who they brought in there, but that just kind of was like, oh, okay, mm, so really this is how we're going to do this. You know, well, and not do- how she was treated at all, because I do think she was treated just like every. You know, I thought how how she was in the show was perfect. This is just me casting that sp- specific actress for this role. It could have been anybody, and I just felt like, oh, this is where you've decided to do a little more because I'm sure in the book she was white. So this is where this is where you decide to diversify. Okay, I was
1: like, all right. Well, I agree with Marcy that her character and how they played it—it it really didn't seem that it was a race thing. It was right. solely by class. But um, I also saw it as, to me, the cautionary tale of, or the flip side of the coin of what can happen in that society. Because you see, Daphne and the Duke, and you're seeing how they are treated, and how Daphne's treated. And her brother is going to do a duel with <laughs> with the Duke for her, her for her dame. You know, you're not going to do all that. He ends up saying, "Yes, I will marry." While you have the flip side of the coin, someone else who loved she, you know, from the From what she said and from the letters and all that, it all seems like he loved her, just like kind of the way Daphne and the Duke loved each other. But in this case, something happens to him, and now she's kind of adrift, and I think it just shows you just two sides of the same coin in a way. How slippery the edge is for women at that time, regardless of their race, but how one mess up can just end it all for them. Um, and I liked how yeah. the the lady over feathering uh, featherington, featherington <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> how she was showing her like if you don't marry, this is your life, and and she was actually showing the best side of it because at least you know she's not you know showing this is where the hookers live. It was just really, you know, you're going to yeah. be in poverty. There's not there's nothing for you. you. Don't own anything if you're not associated or with a husband of anything. You're at the mercy of any man who comes across because there's, they think you've given up, you know, if you've given up once, you'll do it again and you'll do it for anyone. So that's going to be your life. And I saw that and I just, I know Lady Fettinger was really mean about that, but I was like, she's being realistic. She's showing you this is your life and this will not be good unless you do something about it. Even though her scheming of it, in some ways was not great. I will agree about the whole, you know, fake letter um, from the, from the boyfriend or the fiance um, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that was, that was not great. That was it not wasn't. a good thing for her to do, but she's being realistic. It's like, you know, baby's coming nine months. We've only got a few weeks to get you, man. We can't hold up because you might get something from this guy. We have to get something now or this will be you. And it's not, and I know she kind of did it selfishly too, because her daughters will be painted with the same brush, even though her daughters have done nothing. Because she was living in their household, her daughters' lives or her, or her daughters' futures could be in jeopardy as well. So I mean, I like the fact that they kind of showed that, and it's really, and that to me was kind of historical accurate. This is what's going to happen, and I do like that they did that. That everything is not going to be, you know, rose petals and soirees and waltzes. Every time you go somewhere. So I did appreciate that and that showing that what could happen to you.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, to add on to that, it makes it, it makes that whole duel between Simon and the brother, it makes that a little bit more believable, I guess, because it's that tenuous. You know, you have, one side of the coin, Marina, who she's she's doomed if we don't do some scheming and we don't try to get her or we don't try to get her a husband. Seeing the dual part on the other side of it, it's like, OK, so this is how it is. So we're seeing kind of like the whole picture. But I will also agree with Dana. I think really this was just not great casting if I'm looking at it from a racial perspective, but then once we get into it, you realize, well, no, this is not about race. This, it, it's really just, it is more about class. But when, if you're first coming to it and you're thinking unwed mother, black, and you also have this whole like, canon or whole experience of media and how we're portrayed in the media and how we're portrayed on tv shows and you have that coming at you you're kind of like oh why did they do this to us again you know kind of thing but then once you see it you're like okay you know we're understanding about it so i i get I get all the points here. Just to divert on this a little bit, I think to me what was maybe even a little more disturbing, or not disturbing, but I think what was even a little bit more like, oh, why'd they do this, was the casting of Penelope and how Penelope was kind of treated in that love triangle with Marina and her friend, the uh, other Bridgerton son colin um the colin penelope marina kind of triangle there and i'm like why they have to make penelope plus size
2: Uh
0: (laughs) y'all i i think I, i i felt a little more in my i was in a little more in my feelings about penelope and I
3: can't, I think it's hard for us though, because none of us yes. have read the books and we don't know if that was true to character type or not. Yeah. because Even I
2: true to character hard. type, I still would have felt some way about it, right? Because even if that's how the author wrote it, I'm still like, oh, okay, here you got your, one of the only young plus size characters in here and the man she loves doesn't want her. Okay. Right. <laughs> bit, not, not even doesn't want her, just doesn't even see her in that way. Exactly. Like she's just See a, she's her always her as a pretty, potential. A yeah. Yes. <laughs> <You know>? yes. <laughs> that so I, I I think even if they had wrote it that way, I would you know. But I think and and I think that's fair though what you say, Marcy. In that we all when we watch stuff like this, the way we look at it is through our our lenses. How we feel about stuff. So to some people, they they probably thought nothing of it. But based on my experience and you know things like that, it did bug me a little bit did it take away from the show not at all <laughs> but I it will totally say didn't
0: take away from the show
2: it did like when it yeah it, it bugged me a little <laughs> like I was you know why couldn't it any of the other sisters now I, I understand that I think is it works out for her in the end so it doesn't matter <laughs> but just seeing what we yeah. saw on the show I was like okay and, and I think and, I think and, and for I me mean,
3: I didn't I didn't notice it because I was immersed in the story. I didn't, I didn't notice it in that way. I noticed that it was unfortunate and that that was, but I mean, it could have been any number of things, not just her size. It could be her unfortunate dressing. It could have been the fact that she spoke very few words in public. It could have been a bunch of things that helped to create his not knowing that she was interested in him in that way. You figure it works out because this is a romance, it's gonna work out for her eventually. Um, So I guess for me, I wasn't as caught up in that because I recognized that everybody's story couldn't, I didn't know that it was a series going in. So I recognized that everybody's story wasn't going to be concluded in this one um, season. And so for me, it was just like, oh, something to look forward to. So I think I didn't that one didn't disturb me very much you know there were there were some parts of her character that i really liked um i do think the relationship between her and eloise i really liked when they had Mm -hmm. banter together and that kind of thing and so I think it's unfortunate she was portrayed against Colin in that way, in the same way that I think it's unfortunate that Eloise is fighting all of these other things and that she seems so awkward in society in in very much the same way, more because they're smarter than because of how they look.
2: I'll tell you the casting that absolutely bothered me the most, and that is of the brothers. Y'all, I couldn't tell who was who, what was going on. Like you, I needed to, look, you either need to be the brother who had the gay flip, the, I mean the gay flip, the flipped hair, the one who was at the house with everybody having sex with all each other, or the other brother who was mad all the time. <laughs> Otherwise, y'all, they all look the same to me. Like, and I
3: can't tell if that was intentional <laughs> because they were brothers and that was right. supposed to be the, the goal. But I'm pretty sure that the angry one was Anthony. <laughs> the one who was yes. in the brothel was Benedict. And the other yes. one was Colin.
0: But yes. that's You're only so because. Good.
2: I couldn't have told. I like I had they had to be in a certain thing doing something in order for me to know which I one. Agree I agree with was. that though.
3: The reason I could tell them was because you put them in a specific scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you when they were all on screen. It did take me a minute to figure out which one was which. I agree that there was a lot of And I, and I guessed it was because they were brothers and because they were the closest in age that they would look more alike, but I, it was kind of, and because the difference with the women was they dressed them almost according to personality. So you could still tell which sister was which, even if, even if you weren't really sure. But you're right. They all had on the same waistcoat and the same <laughs> colors. And I was like, they're not giving me a chance at all.
2: <laughs> right. oh, he comes riding up on a horse. I'm going to need more than that. No, you are. <laughs> Right.
3: Yeah. the duel, which one was it? like, oh, right. the one
2: with
1: the gun is going to be the older brother. <laughs> right. Exactly. And
3: I still wasn't sure which one was his second until we started talking about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Because at first, I wasn't sure which one of them was his second because I couldn't honestly tell them apart
0: yeah
2: only not either I want to say I I know I I think the second one is not the one with the hair flip it was the one who was at the brothel and I only say that because I think they're the ones who had that conversation and he was like how he could be freer because he wasn't you know the first yeah (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah i know what you're
0: saying I, I I know what you're saying
2: so that's benedict
1: the brothel i think yeah
2: oh yeah i can't keep up with that yeah exactly. it a
1: brothel or was just it was just that guy's salon well it
2: was his it was his a studio 54 in his house right <laughs>
1: exactly right.
0: it right. wasn't exactly a brothel it was his salon right. yeah right yeah. Every, i apologize but it was hearing. a brothel honey was like brothel right. <laughs>
3: Why, <laughs> right, I apologize for using the wrong term. It seemed that way. there was a lot going on, but you're oh right my, it was more like a, it stair. was like a day party
0: <laughs> yeah right, right that, that and the was... weird
3: rooms with the yes <laughs> but it was not technically a brothel. Yeah, we don't care about that here.
1: <laughs> we oh, yeah. know what it was, <laughs> and I like the modiste that her character, and I hope to see her more of her. Oh, yes, she, I did like her too. You know, had the yeah. French accent to make her seem, seem more posh. You get these women here, and then um, I'm really from. I'm just a girl <laughs> around the way, <laughs> but, right? But you have to put right. these airs right. on so you can have people coming to my shop. And
3: her her best friend being the other woman on the Friends of Society, the opera singer, who also has to put on a persona. Mm-hmm. So I did think I like the moments when they were together and they were able to let down their hair and be their real selves. And you got to see a picture of just the life they had to live and just imagining having to put on that type of air every day Constantly. just to survive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that was well acted and well written. I actually had a soft spot for the opera singer. I felt like watching her struggle with Anthony and watching her make the decisions for herself. She realized that he had his own self-interest to be worried about. And so that she needed to be worried about her own and Mm -hmm. watching her try to navigate that. I, that, I enjoyed that. And I think it was well written. Yes. And, I, and I, I enjoyed watching that happen. A lesser woman could have made lesser decisions in a lot of those places. So I, I enjoyed watching her navigate that against him trying to um, hoodwink her with passion and pretty things. I I totally
2: agree with that. I totally agree. Not being so caught up in the love that we're not taking care of herself. She's like, yeah, I love you. I get it. But you know what? (laughs) I got to make sure I'm taking care of do me kind of thing or whatever. I like that. I really did. So I agree. I kind
0: of want to add on to that. So uh, about, you know, kind of independent thinking women, Lady Featherington, y'all, her husband was this gambling whippy man (laughs) and she had to pull the whole family together not to mention to get marina straight or whatever she had to pull the family together after they had been basically disowned or blackballed or whatever halfway through the season and she had to pull it all together. I mean, I'm, I'm like Stacy. I'm not a fan of her scheming or whatever. Part of that is like, well, you got to do what you got to do to make it. Because, you know, as women in this society, we're not going to be looked on very favorably anyway. But the fact that she had to kind of pull it together in the end after he had, um, you know, after everything that happened. Um, we'll say it like that, so I'll agree
3: um, that I didn't like her methods, but I respected the fact that she wasn't going to go down without a fight, and that she wasn't going to let the fate of her children be put into the hands of someone who was clearly apathetic and unable, and incapable of handling that. I like right. the fact that she said, oh, this will not happen to my children on my watch. I appreciated that. I appreciate that about both mothers, actually, that although there yes. were men in these places making these decisions, both of these women said, there are times when I know more than you do, and I will continue to operate as such. And should we conflict, I will trump you. And I enjoyed that.
2: Her husband was a waste of space.
3: Oh, my gosh, (laughs) he totally was.
2: I didn't even feel sympathetic when I was supposed to. Right. (laughs) Exactly. But then she did what all great mothers do. You know, like you were saying, she takes care of her family and does what she has to do. You know, and I can never judge one's methods, not being in their shoes. But I think, I think you guys were mentioning this earlier, especially the way she was um, with Marina. She was telling her like it is, and I and I feel like you know, was it harsh? I guess you know, what's harsher though living out in the street. <laughs> you know, right? Um, begging for money every day. You know, like you want me be begging? She going to be a whore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, straight up whore.
2: <laughs> okay, course, so you know, giving it away out in the street for. A nickel? But I just just felt like, you know, hey, she was, you know, when you're you're that kind of mom and you're that busy. I don't have time to sugarcoat all this junk for (laughs) y'all. You know, this is what it is.
1: Cause then she mentioned that um she brought the money into the marriage. Yes. I think that she mentioned that. And And that and he's basically lost it all. Yes, and it, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it just shows, at least at that time, how little control you had over your finances and how a poor match can make just your life miserable. Just, you know, just by one poor. Okay, I, I decide to marry him because they don't, you know, you meet them in a season, one season. And that's how I'm going to decide I'm the man I'm going to marry is <laughs> this guy I met during this one season and what secrets he may have or what kind of person he is. You really, you know, from that one season, you're getting the best picture of him just like that a marriage three children and he's lost her whole fortune in that amount of time and now she's left or and she's left with nothing and therefore her children are left with nothing and especially since she has no those girls no dowry. so that means their future is gone even could we they could get them married it's like no they couldn't because he was he didn't have a dowry so we couldn't even get them married You know, to me, in a way, she did have my. She most definitely had my sympathy at the end of it, just for the fact that all this stuff is happening and she had no control of it whatsoever.
3: Talking about the twenty twenty one lens, so as we were sitting here talking, I had a thought pop in my head, and I was like, I wonder if men are somewhere feeling some kind of way because the two present fathers were both duds. Because when in the flashbacks for Simon, that dude was a dud, and then the Featherington father was uh dud and then the only representation we have of father present fatherhood would be will the boxer and his place in his family and yeah. the myth that is the the bridgerton's father who we we don't we didn't see because you know he was great
1: like, exactly. so we got so we got so we got a myth of a
3: great father but all the present all the present father that we see images of are terrible. And I wonder if there's some men sitting somewhere Mm. feeling some kind of way about representation. Mm.
0: (laughs) But then you know what? Uh, Well, yeah, it might be some men that are sitting there feeling some kind of way a a bigger point of that is the ones that it seemed like the ones that were upstanding were the ones that were together with their were in their family for love. Like Will, there is no way he did not love his wife and his family, y'all. I mean, he loved them. And Mm -hmm. that just seemed to be such a good match. And the way that Lady Bridgerton talked about her husband, that they definitely, even if they didn't marry for love in the beginning, they definitely loved each other. Right. And then the other ones that we see, father pictures of fathers that we see, they, they didn't really they weren't in it for love. So I think that it says a little bit more about love and about how love can bring out a, a, you know, a good thing in both men and women than the role of the man or the way men are looking right now (laughs) in this Versus the way the women are looking right now. You know, I'm kind of thinking about that too. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure what, how many men got maybe duped into watching this or wanted to watch this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there are too many men sitting around talking about this. Yeah, right. I
3: mean, actually, I have seen seen some posts from some men, friends on my timeline who watched it and, and enjoyed it.
2: What I was going to say is I don't think uh, there are too many men who watch this and that's what they focused <laughs> on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if that's what they focused
0: <laughs> on. Right. Exactly. That's, what, I'm, I that's what I was getting to.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I definitely can see guys watching it and like the show, but I, that would be interesting. How many of y'all felt like you weren't? And here's the kicker. They would need to say that they felt like they were rep- not represented well. I don't want to lead them by saying and asking them. Because, like, nobody led us. We watched it, and this is how we felt. So, yeah. like, I would want them to just be like, yeah, I watched it. The one thing that shocks me is, why well, all the guys bad. you know? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just don't know how many of those we'd hear. We'd we'll come out and say something like that, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But the best father of them all was the Dukes. So we didn't address him. Oh I feel God. like that was awful. I just thought that was probably the saddest part part of the show to me, how he was treated.
0: They kind of end on a, something a little bit lighter. Anybody want to talk about what they found was really funny? Maybe it was a scene that you thought was really funny or something like that. Because what I've heard is that Julia Quinn's books, the Bridgerton series books are hilarious. And I thought there were a couple of funny, you know, moments in the show. So let's all kind of end with something a little funny. Um, you know, me, I, I loved Queen Charlotte. I thought she was hilarious. <laughs> with her little dogs and her whole court had little <laughs> dogs. Oh my gosh. I just thought that
2: was funny. Uh Dana Well, I guess funny? well, it's funny because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know any particular scenes, but um the girl whose name I can't Remember,
0: Elise, just, Elise. Yes, Eloise. Eloise.
2: Sorry, Stacy, but Eloise. She just everything she did. Like I just thought she was hilarious. I just absolutely loved her from being outside, smoking to all of it. I just thought she had this quirkiness about her that I just really like. Honestly, she probably got me to continue the series when maybe initially I was like, I don't know, just because she was funny in her. It and it's the type of funniness that I like it, you know how you, you tell stuff and you laugh and it really ain't that funny cause it's the truth. Like I kinda, that's kind of what she reminded me of. And I liked, I liked her. I thought she was very witty and I enjoyed her sense of humor. Yeah.
1: Well, I enjoyed uh, Eloise too. And I liked that she was trying to find out who was the one um, who's writing the scandal sheet. And I thought it was really funny to me when she confronted one of the servants who was the, um? A, you you know, it has to be a servant. I think oh, the yes, person. that was hilarious. And the started laughing at her. It's like, <laughs> you really don't know what we do, do you know. <laughs> at what point and what time do you really think I have to write
2: this column? Exactly. Right. You know?
1: And I thought that was hilarious to me because she was smart and intelligent, but also, in a way, <laughs> coolest of how yes. her society actually lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the look on her face was like, oh my gosh, I never really thought about all the stuff that they do. And no, she couldn't have been able to do <laughs> yeah. it. No. Um, so I thought that was, a to me, a funny thing, because especially when she just laughed at her face and continued to laugh until she left the room and told her to get out my room. But yeah. I thought that was a really good thing.
3: <laughs> I think for me, it was when the clothing delivery showed up at the Featherington house, and they took out all the dresses, and Penelope goes, oh... And it's yellow oh, and yeah. <laughs> the the many references to that Penelope would make to be like, it wasn't yellow enough. Um, and so I think for me, that was just funny how it, it was so opposite of what she wanted, but it was what kept coming. And the yeah. fact that her mother was so committed to putting her in that color, but when she was like, Oh, <laughs> and it's yellow. <laughs> that yeah.
0: Poor me thing. I was <laughs> like, Oh, uh, I and I think too uh, a really funny scene. Um, Stacey, you mentioned people being, uh, high society being clueless when Daphne and, um, I again the brothers, not sure which brother that was. Um, that was Anthony. Anthony, okay. When they went to uh get warm milk and they couldn't figure out how, oh, to, yes.
2: <laughs> how to heat up the that. That was hilarious. <laughs>
3: I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy.
0: Not
1: a clue. Did not know how to do it at all. It's like really.
3: And they looked at it and they were, and they literally looked frightened for a minute. And they were like, cold milk, it is. They and did. I think that was just another <laughs> another sign of the times. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, ladies, I am so glad that you decided to spend a little bit of your day, maybe a little bit more of your day than you thought. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Bridgerton with me and you know, thank you so much for being on. Thank you thank for you. having thank you for having us. Be sure to subscribe to Nerdy Romantics Podcast wherever you get your podcast to be notified of the latest episodes as soon as they drop. And check out YMNelson.com for podcast show notes and get more information and links for books, shows. Nerdy or romantic cultural interests mentioned on the show. Thank you for listening. Stardate, not too distant future. Brandon is a diehard Trekkie. He's watched every Star Trek franchise episode multiple times. He has several cosplay and collectible uniforms in his closet. Commander Will Riker is his favorite cosplay character, and he's been to dozens of conventions. But he's never met, or gotten in a fight with, another Trekkie like Phoenix. Phoenix is looking forward to her first Star Trek convention until she meets Brandon. He's nothing like the Riker character she loves to hate. He's combative, socially awkward, and off-putting, but he's so adorable. Phoenix and Brandon keep running into each other, each time more heated than the next. With three days of convention to get through, will they get past the hostility and find what they know is there, attraction, and perhaps love? This is the premise of Stardate. A free e-story for my newsletter subscribers, available on February 1st. If you like Trekkie romance, romantic comedy, or just like to see a little grumpy sunshine trope, this story is for you. Go to ymnelson.com backslash subscribe and get your free copy.